Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You have offended this podcast and you have offended the entire movie making community. And welcome back to part three of the podcast. We're going to pick up here where we left off yesterday. If you'd like to become a patron and get all of our episodes in full on Sunday night, you can go to patreon.com slash you have offended this podcast. Support at any level there. We have levels that start at just $5 a month. We'll get you all of our full episodes without this pitch to the patrons on Sunday night in full. Remember, you can also go to offendedpodcast.com. You can go there, buy some merch. That'll give you something cool, and it'll also give us a little something to keep the lights on over here at You Have Offended This Podcast main headquarters. Check us out on our social media. At Twitter, we are at YHOTP. On Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, you can just search You Have Offended This Podcast, and you'll find us there. You can interact with us there. We'll answer your questions. You can give us movies that you'd like to see, favorite scenes, favorite actors, actresses, anything like that. We'd love to hear from you. So check those things out. Please become a patron. If you can't do that, give us a rating. Give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you download your podcasts. That's a huge help. Or at the very least, if you could just tell a few friends about us, that would be awesome too. Okay, so enjoy part three of the podcast. When I watched it this last time for the podcast, I was like, you're putting a lot of faith in the fact that he's going to read that note before he's like, oh, somebody left me some biscuits. That's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> oh, biscuits in bed. Oh, teacher was poisoned by these biscuits. Thank you so biscuits. much. Um, How'd you know? I just <laughs> want to say that I, I would love to leave a, a note that badass at some point in my life. Like somebody just picks up a note. <laughs> teacher was poisoned by these biscuits. I'll find the real killer and bring him to justice. Or I'll find the real killer and avenge his death or something like that. Like I actually just want to leave a note for somebody that I've gone off on a rampage and i'm just yep. i've gone off to avenge your death uh here's a clue for you uh, scooby-doo i'm fucking <laughs> off i'm gonna go take on a japanese fucking school here in shanghai and uh murder a lot of people yeah. i'm gonna go snap his neck and hang it from a lamppost you can yeah. look for it later yeah. <laughs> oh it's pretty yeah. awesome yeah they go outside and this 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 set must not have just been for this film i have nothing to back it up but like, there's alleyways and streets and all kinds of stuff, man. There's no way that they would have done this for one film. Like, this must be, nah, this I don't must know, be man. like, Fuck. kind of like, remember we were watching The Perfect Weapon, and it's like, oh, that's the fucking bank from Back to the Future. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's, pro- it, I have no basis for this other than the fact that this, that this set is just so grandiose. It's so big with alleys and streets and buildings and bricks and all these different things. It's... It's quite yeah. impressive. Yeah, this this must be like a big backlot set at Shaw Studios or something because it's crazy. So, what's his face? Uncle and uh, Feng Kui Shur here are hung up by the lampposts, dead. And all the Chinese students are like, holy shit, did you see this? These fucking two guys are dead. They're hanging by the lamppost. They run over and see them hanging there as the cops are taking them down. I like the, fa- the fact that it's hilarious when they take Feng Kui Shur down. They lay him down, and his eyes are closed, and as he rolls over, his eyes open. Bing! <laughs> it's kind oh. of a funny little thing. Hi, it was Chen. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Chen did this. So they bring them down, and then we go back here to the Chinese school where they're trying to decide, like, who did this? What happened? Where's Chen? What's going on? They're trying to figure out uh, kind of what their next move is here. 
And I want to say something here. Not I don't want to sound like fucking Wokey McWokerson here, but I always talk about Hollywood and you know this stupid way that they're depicting uh, females in movies today, like super empowered. Yeah. The one thing I will say about this film, which is supposed to take place in 1910, um, the men and women are all fucking students of the school. They're sitting at the table yeah. together. They're discussing. Like, there's no bullshit going on here. Like one way or the no, other. Nobody's like, give me a sandwich. Yeah. Bitch, hey, shut hey, up. hey, bitch, go give me you. a sandwich. We're trying to figure out who fucking killed Fug Sure, that's no. They're all equal. That's what. That's what these old films did and that's why when they're like oh my god we came out with a new movie and guess what it stars a woman it's like hey it, there were women before wonder woman 1984 man like there's a lot of fucking yeah. films that talk to nora meow back in 1971 yeah. or two like yeah she's a badass in this movie she kicks the ass out of a ton of dudes and she gets her ass kicked by a lot of dudes like remember when we talked about i think it was fearless where they went to the cotton mill, and remember we made the point of, like, they do not go light on the women. Oh, no, there's that big woman there that fucking takes a fucking serious punch to the face, and you're like, whoa! So, one same here, where the Japanese dudes come into the school to beat everybody up, one of the girls gets, like, an arm lock and then kicked in the face. Yeah. Like, hard. So so that's what I, I mean, I'm all for, I'm all for equality, and I, I hate that fake, I hate, I hate fake bullshit in any in any yeah. capacity and that's just yep. the kind of the flavor du jour nowadays is like an 80 pound woman picking up fucking bam bam bigelow and throwing across a football field while they're <laughs> while they're playing i don't know a woman's work is never done Remember that song? <laughs> um but anyway that i just wanted to point out that like they're they're all students here they're all people and they're all treated equally and there's no fucking yep. bullshit in this movie the four or five women in this are all badasses all of them yeah. So I like that. Nora Meow here, Yuen, goes out to the graveyard here where Chen is hiding out, <laughs> eating his fucking stir-fried rabbit or whatever the fuck it is. As soon as I saw that, I just heard you in my head go, how do you like your bat, Dusty? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought about, too. <laughs> as soon as I saw that. How do you like your bat, Dusty? You like your bat? Uh, you know, crispy. It's, it's one crispy. of those things, too, where he oversells a little bit because he's aggressively fucking tearing the flesh yeah. off of the rabbit as he just kind of does a thousand yard stare into the fucking cemetery like it's just yeah, a as small he pulls thing. the skin off of his yeah. stick fried yeah. marmot or whatever the fuck yeah. it is yeah, so <laughs> but they have an actually really good scene here like they have a really a great really scene. Good scene where they have this conversation the scene runs a bit long and i don't mean that it runs too long it's it's written as a as a serious conversation between these two as they try to figure out how they're going to navigate these major changes and they really imply that the japanese like they're in shanghai they're in china but but the fucking chinese are not in control like in shanghai no. the the japanese control the police which we see a yep. little bit later here too so that must be fucking shitty like we've seen that with places like france and belgium occupied by the nazis in films and and whatnot so it's yes. uh yeah it's a good scene here it's a great scene it's lit extremely well like they even have the light flickering from the fire yes. on the faces of the two actors which i really like you know it's the moon is up they establish that there's a big full moon there so we get a bit of the backlight on the bamboo behind them and whatnot it's really nice man and the the, the blocking of the way they are talking to each other where Bruce is kind of stoically trying to keep his his self together his self himself together here and Nora Meow walks around and they're back to back and she's talking about you know yeah. I I 
want to be together with you. I keep thinking about you going off to teach and me being home doing the housework. And then I meet up with you and we go pick up the kids. And like, she's laying out this whole life for them. And Bruce is like, God, like the scene of him in the background where he puts his hands up like, ah, yeah. uh." (laughs) Like he he doesn't know what to say. (laughs) But they actually, again, the way that it's framed up, they sit they sit down and they're back to back. Like they're not facing yes. each other. They're not, they're not looking at each other. You can see that the plot has, has derailed their plans. So they're not, not to be too metaphorical, but they're not eye to eye. They're, they're back yes. to back for this uh, conversation, which is, which is really like, it's good filmmaking. That's all it is. It's just like really good filmmaking. It really is because this, honestly, you, you said as a metaphor there, this scene is a metaphor for what happens because they're back to back. They're not working together properly. And even when they turn and kiss, it's awkward. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they're not, they're not put together properly. They're twisted and kind of weirdly put together so they can kiss, but it doesn't work properly because they're not, they're not going to end up together. Yeah. Their life isn't going to be okay. They're, they're sitting on a wall. <laughs> Right. And his legs yeah. are hanging off one side and her legs are hanging off the other. So when they do kind of get together to kiss, like they, they turn around, but it's, uh, it's not quite there, but it's framed up well. Like they're kissing. The fire is in the foreground. Yep. Man, they did a really good job. And I don't know what that particular outfit is she's wearing, but it's pretty fucking cool. I actually it's I cool. like her outfit. And she's wearing <laughs> her almost little like, barrettes. like 1960s barrettes. Like they don't look they don't look like something that I would imagine come from nineteen ten, but I'm not a fashion expert, but uh really? it's cool. <laughs> Are you being sarcastic when you say I'm not really? You're not? Really? You're not a fashion expert on 1910 Chinese women's fashion? I'm telling you right now, I'm going to check my bank balance because a flight to Toronto is worth the fucking money to beat your ass for that comment. (laughs) Your wife will answer the door and I'm like, where is he? Bing bong! Mike McCarran, come out! Damn it! But they did a good job again with the sets because the trees, like you can, you can tell, like you can tell it's a set. All right, let's just get over that, but fuck they did a good yeah. job like it's just like trees drilled into the stage floor and and all that it's yep. it's fucking great man like I, I i appreciate this movie so much more now as a film when as again when i was like a, a teenager i was just like how come he's not beating the fuck out of somebody right now yeah so, i don't want to see kissing god yeah, damn it i don't want to see kissing this is this is a kissing movie <laughs> this is a kissing yeah. movie <laughs> But they have a real campfire on the set here by them. Yes. Like, you can actually see flames there. Uh, going back to the beginning of the scene where they have the long shot of Nora Meow's perspective looking at Bruce. And even this scene here where Bruce gets up to walk away. You can see the fire in the midground. You see Nora with her back in the in the foreground. And Bruce is in the background. And you can see all the way back with the headstones and the trees in the background. And the clouds in the distance off that. They, they're clearly being made to look like he's on a hilltop. Mm. yes it looks like a set but fuck it looks good man yeah like it's really well done yeah so we cut from the graveyard uh Nora meow chen scene to suzuki here and translator Wu or interpreter Wu talking to yoshida here about what they're going to do how they're going to handle this school you know how we're going to avenge him listen i just want to say every time that Wu is on the screen 
I want to smash him in the face with a tire iron. Like, <laughs> this actor is so good because yeah. he makes you hate his goddamn guts. Just the way yep. that he walks and talks and carries himself. And he's just like, hmm, yes, this is what we'll do. We'll we'll show them the way of Bushido. They've never felt the sting of Japanese fists. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's such a Fuck conniving little fucking asshole like <laughs> such a mincing little bitch like that I, I just like kill him i like i i hate suzuki as well but at least suzuki's like i'm gonna handle the guy that knows how to use his fists with my fists where woo is just a little bastard and <laughs> you just yeah, you just want to see him die in a car fire or you know backstabbing just, yeah, conniving yeah, little yeah, fuck. he's such a fuck yeah. anyhow <laughs> Yeah, I like this. This is a cool. I like anytime Yoshida's on too. I like his. I know it's stilted, and I know it's not like he's the not like the best actor in the world. But he makes me happy. I just like the way he's like. Well, what are we going to do? I think we should kill him. What? What? Like, I just I like that. It's it's almost a stage delivery, which I I appreciate in this style of movie. Yeah, and his delivery too is also the voice actor that that did it. You know, yes. in post. So it's it's kind of hard to too, say. Yeah. You know what what he sounded like originally. But yeah, his his delivery is very stilted. But you know, they have this conversation where he said, "Oh, well, we'll we'll go to the police and we'll do this and that." And he's like, "Oh, I've got an idea. We'll bring in a Russian or something to that effect, and then no one can blame us because yep. we'll be tricky about it." And then we cut back to the school. So much, and we get we get low way as the inspector. Low way, who fucking director is of the film, director of the film, yep. and. Honestly, he's a really good actor here. Like he's he very, um, he's very composed and very measured. While everybody, everybody around him is emotional. Yeah, whether it's the Chinese or the Japanese, like they're all out for revenge and blood. And this dude is is clearly just trying to keep the peace. I don't even think he's trying to do what's right or wrong. I think he just. He's not after justice, he's after fucking quiet, right? And, yeah, uh, just everybody shut the fuck up and leave me alone. You could tell a little bit later on that he's also under the thumb of the Japanese, who basically yep. can demand that he do certain things, even though he doesn't quite have the power that he should have as the inspector. Yeah, I like that he's kind of an asshole too, because he's smoking a cigarette. And as he's talking here, he just throws it on the floor. Yeah. Like, like literally the like, wood floor of their fucking of their dojo fucking house. Dojo. Like, he just like, pitches his fucking cigarette on listen, the floor. Listen, I'm going to tell you, in, in, in the fucking late 90s, if somebody walked into our dojo and threw a cigarette on the floor, like, I think everybody yeah. in the dojo would have fucking beat his ass. So, in the days of 1910, <laughs> Shanghai, like, that's fucking, that's fucking the most insulting thing that you could do. That like, would have been ass whooping on just call sir walk in and <laughs> sodomize that plant in the background while everyone watches <laughs> what's he doing to the plant plants don't even have assholes shit. i don't even know how you're doing that uh, oh you'll know you know just by the aggression in my face what i'm doing well I mean, you could see it in my posture it's uh it's all right then we get the strip tease um, we get the geisha scene here she's where? wearing Annette Funicello beach blanket bingo bikini here with the Christmas ornaments hanging off it. All right, so Wu is drunk. He's having a good time. The Russians there, they're all drinking their sake. And um, <laughs> I call it, I still call it sake on purpose. You can't not call it sake now. What's. Yeah, what do you say about this scene? Like, she's out there dancing, doing her thing. Petrov, we get the first appearance of Petrov, the Russian here, 
played by uh, Robert Baker. Robert Baker was one of Bruce Lee's students who he actually kind of handpicked for this role because he looked big and imposing and yeah. thought he looked like a good Russian character. He actually plays a thug in uh, Return of the Dragon briefly as well. If you if you watch that, he he shows up in that movie too. He he only did three films, I think. This this you know, uh, Robert Baker actually died in like ninety two or something. He was only really? fifty two or something when he died. Yeah, he died very young, unfortunately. So, but he's he's pretty good in this movie. Like he does his yep. job well. He no he he does. Wu is drunk and is being a again a mincing little asshole here, and we get Suzuki and Yoshida with a couple other guys and a whole bunch. There's probably five or six. Uh, other geisha subservient women there what about these women because dude they they look like kids like they look really they look really young young. like they look they look like like that that should not be happening young like you know it's just like yeah i think concerning yeah like like, what the fuck i think she's 15 man like you know it's just a little like i have a 14 year old (laughs) daughter and i'm like she looks close to that like that's really fucking not cool the one with the russian like looks really young but i mean you know nothing's actually happening but you know as as an as an adult i'm like holy fuck they look like fucking children that are with these business yeah watching another woman strip tease in front of them like yeah who looks like she could be in her like late 30s which is totally acceptable but you know yeah that's fine if that's her career choice knock yourself out all of a sudden there's like a bunch of teenagers 14 and 15 year old girls sitting here drinking the sake with the russians and mr Wu, and you're like "Uh, run run bitch fuck out of here get Get out of here run run, run, bitch (laughs) bitch. i don't i don't like where this is going Uh, (laughs) i see trouble down the road for you yeah yeah i don't i don't like how this is going to end but then they do the, now they do the little we shots. get the the lengths the length of subservience that translator Wu will go to here to make his Japanese masters happy. Yeah, because he gets up to leave here, and they're like, "Ah, why don't you leave like a Chinese and crawl like a dog?" <laughs> yeah, and he actually fucking does it. Yeah, he does because he's a fucking piece of shit. He's a little bitch, so. We see the, first of all, we see the assholes that the Japanese are in this film. Yes, the 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 characters of the Japanese taking this person who's putting himself at great cultural risk to help them, yes. and doing it willingly, and they just treat him like an abject piece of shit because that's the way they do it. And he takes it and just walks out like a fucking dog with shit in his mouth. Yeah. So it's it's a uh, a very telling scene for all involved on the bad guy side of this movie. Yeah, usually, like, we had in uh, the Jet Li film, the translator was basically kind of walking that line between being a traitor of his own people and basically trying to fucking survive. And, yes. you know, yeah. he was in the inner circle of the Japanese, but certainly not accepted. And then at the first yes. sign that he may be a traitor, they kicked the straight shit out of him. And he's the And he redeemed here. himself in that movie. Yeah, he really did. But there's no so, redemption for this piece of shit. <laughs> no, fuck this guy right in the face. He goes out here drunk, stumbles out, and finds the rickshaw, which is manned by Chen, undercover with his little fucking fisherman hat here. He's basically just wearing a hat. Like That's his disguise. It's Clark Kent. Like, it's Superman wearing a fucking pair of glasses. I think the like. best disguise he has is that Wu is drunk out of his fucking mind. Yes. I think yeah, that's, that's the disguise. That's really the disguise is that Wu is drunk. Wu is enjoying this rickshaw ride very much. Yeah. There's a little issue here because uh, the rickshaw is going through the streets and it's clearly day. It's clearly daytime. Yeah, they just damp the light down a little bit. Yeah, so it's morning. 
and they're not on the set. They're actually going through the streets and you can see the sky and you can see that it's fucking yeah. daylight. And then they cut back to them being on the set where it's night again, where he's in this alley unless, here. Unless yeah. it was a really fucking long ride home and <laughs> it was night. And then he went all day until it got night and then finally got him, got him home. But uh, Bruce Lee takes him down a little alleyway. And this is one of those things that, I wasn't a huge fan of when I saw it just cause I, I didn't think it sold well. Is, well, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't sell and... well. This is one of those superhuman over, over the top things that low way insisted on putting in the film. This wasn't yes. a Bruce Lee thing where he, if, if you haven't watched the film, Bruce Lee's pulling the rickshaw. He turns around so that inspector, not inspector, so that interpreter Wu can see who it is and sees that it's Chen. Oh my God, it's Chen. And as he's standing there, Chen lifts the rickshaw up, the part of the rickshaw that Wu is sitting on. He lifts, like, against the fulcrum of that. Impossible. Lifts this up and throws it. Yeah. You know, it's fucking ridiculous. It doesn't sell at all. You you couldn't pick up a fucking empty rickshaw like that. No! Holy shit, no! Unless you were, like, one of those 400-pound strongmen. They Even then might do. be able to fuck it. Like maybe if somebody helped them get it off the ground and they just kind of had to hold it. But like the, the laws of physics don't apply. And I do remember some of the things that he and Lo Wei uh, really came to blows upon were yeah. these, these superhuman things, which when he moved into way of the dragon, you really didn't have like way of the dragons. My favorite film that he made. Yes. There's such yeah. practicality to it. And he's like, uh, Hey, can I buy a gun around here? And like, he's dealing with guns and well a gun would just fucking end tang lung quickly so the boss is constantly saying no guns don't let anyone see the guns so just buy a 45 and bang settle it bang settle it um (laughs) yeah so this this is kind of one of those things there's the dummies and this that were just like oh come on man yeah come on man bruce beats the fuck out of woo here in the alleyway and uh then we get the cut to the morning, and Wu is, like the other two, hanging from the fucking lamppost. Yeah. Dead as Dillinger. Dead as Dillinger. Dead. Waking up in Shanghai every morning, you're just walking out. I'm going to go fight. I'm going to go to the market and maybe pick up some uh, soap flakes. Oh, my fuck. Another person is dead. Hanging from <laughs> the fucking lamppost. Hanging from these things. And, of course, now we get what you mentioned earlier, which is the realization that the inspector, played by Lo Wei, the, the police officer, is for sure under the thumb of the Japanese here where Yoshida's saying, hey man, you need to do what we yeah. do. You need to do what we ask you. You need to close that fucking school down. And if you don't do it, we're going to do it. And we're going to do it our way, so you better fucking get on it. Yeah. So they're they're clearly in control of, of Shanghai, have the, the police, and basically have free reign to do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, like if you're a rich if you're a rich businessman, you can pretty much tell people what to do. <laughs> like, that's well, it. like that's rich... never changed. That's the way it is now for fuck's sake. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the way you, but I mean, like he's Japanese and he's very powerful. So I'm he Jeff just Bezos. Kinda... I want to go to space. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, what did one of our patrons was like, Hey man, you know that our whole fucking planet exists on about four inches of topsoil. Why don't you put some money into that? You fucking asshole. Is that something that, that fucking shit? Oh man. Yeah, it's pretty great. So yeah, they, they have this little extended scene here. Uh, Yoshida looks pretty dope in his little suit here. I quite like his little pinstripe suit that he's in. 
I like he's that. in a boss. He's in a boss suit. He's got great. I mean, you know, his mustache and eyebrows badass. are a little over the top, but uh, he does look quite. Uh, he does look quite menacing. And I'll go back. I think. I think Low Way is like a solid actor. He's got a lot of credits to his name too. Low Way yeah. an asshole. Like like an asshole. An ass ton of credits. <laughs> Everybody has an asshole. Just FYI, but. he has an asshole of credits. <laughs> His asshole is filled with credits. Filled with credits. It's unbelievable. It's like a slot machine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like this, though. The, the the police officer inspector finally leaves, and Suzuki and the bodyguard are here, and Suzuki says, I would not rely on that fucking guy if I were you. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. uh, put my money with that guy. And we go out here now, and inspector stops to buy a paper from in disguise Chen. He disguised as an old man here, which is actually a pretty good disguise. Yeah, this one actually works really well. His first disguise was that stupid hat. This disguise actually <laughs> works really well. And his next disguise is glasses and a huge smile. Um, yeah, his next disguise, disguise is literally Clark Kent. <laughs> yeah, it's literally the Clark Kent move. This but one's course, great, though. This, this really inspired two little homages in two of the films that we've covered. Yes. Number one, Rapid Fire, yep. uh, where Brandon Lee goes in as the laundry attendant the yeah the laundry guy with the glasses and the same kind of outfit that bruce wore and then of course the last dragon with uh, bruce leroy who actually they flash to this scene and he's like yes that's what i need to do I, i'll go in disguise and yep. so it's it's really cool and I'm, I'm sure that you know in 72 when this came out at the time like this was really really cool like the the wig and the little goatee and mustache that he has on like that was that was probably the equivalent of the uh, Mission Impossible 2 rubber masks. Um, Skin mask, Right yeah. up the ass. Remember how many masks were in that fucking movie? Oh, like my God. Everybody. Every 12 everybody seconds, somebody was yeah. peeling their fucking head peeling off. their fucking face off. Aha, uh-huh, it's me. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm Fuck Tom Cruise. Slow. No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm Zoe Deschanel. No, I'm not. I'm Zoe I'm fucking... Deschanel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Grimace from the McDonald's <laughs> land. What the fuck? This is getting out of hand, sir. And that concludes part three of the podcast. Come back tomorrow for part four. If you'd like to get the entire podcast on Sunday night, you can go to patreon.com slash you have offended this podcast. Patrons get the full show Sunday night without any ads. If you don't want to become a patron, you can go to offendedpodcast.com. Buy some merch there. That'll get you something cool to wear and rep the podcast you know you love. And we get a bit of money, too, to help us keep the lights on here. Please follow us on social media. At Twitter, we're at YHOTP. On Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, just search You Have Offended This Podcast. You can interact with us there. Leave us your favorite movies, your favorite scenes, any questions you have, anything like that. We'd love to hear from you. Please rate and review us wherever you download your podcasts. Ratings and reviews really help us, particularly on iTunes, if you could. That would be awesome. Make sure to tell your friends, family, loved ones, and hated ones about this podcast. More listens mean more downloads means it's better for everybody. So thanks very much for helping. Come back tomorrow for part four, and we will be back in your ears very soon.